Parenting Today is a podcast produced by Reformed Youth Ministries. Whether you feel competent or confused in parenting, this podcast seeks to apply God's truth to the culture of today. For more information on this ministry, visit rym.org. Hello and welcome to Parenting Today, RYM's podcast for parents, uh, where we try to connect uh, parents uh, with social issues through the lens of Scripture especially the biblical world and life view of creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. My name is Kirk Cooper. I am the minister to youth at Trinity Presbyterian Church, and I would say my co-host, but I'm really his co-host, is John Parrott. John, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Kirk. It's good to talk with you again. Looking forward to our discussion today. Yes. uh, Today, John, we're talking about social media. I don't know if you ever heard of it, but it's this thing that all the kids are doing. (laughs) (laughs) Kids these days. I know. They're just so wily, but whatever. (laughs) No, I think everyone understands about social media. Social media has, um, it's, it's presented itself. uh, We've kind of, people who are our age, John, we've kind of seen the evolution of social media Mm -hmm. from, uh, AOL Instant Messenger, um, if you remember that, um, <laughs> to, uh, you know, and Zanga, and then uh, MySpace, and then eventually the behemoth that was Facebook, uh, and then all of our parents got on Facebook, and so all the kids left uh, uh, to jump on Insta- Instagram, and Snapchat, Twitter, and Snapchat, um, and, uh, and I'm sure there's other things that I haven't even heard of, but... Uh, yeah, you know, as, as you're, there's no one. I'm already interrupting you. Um, this is going to be a rough episode. I'm sorry. Uh, you're good. No, I can I can remember um, showing up at RYM's uh, conference one summer with with a group of students. I mean, long before I was on staff with RYM, and um, somebody was leading some kind of elective for youth workers, and they just said, "Look, you all have to get on Facebook because that's where your students are." And uh, that was obviously back in the day. But I can remember. You're thinking, okay, I was reluctant to get on, and then eventually I did because that's where all the teenagers were. And uh, then as as we would hire staff at the church and the youth ministry, I would say, you have to get on Facebook. And I would, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, force my my staff to to get on. And then eventually before I finished youth ministry, I was having to encourage my staff not to be on it so much because they were just addicted to it. And obviously by then – um, students had left, as you said. Um, so it's, it's funny how it kind of started and um, just how it's changed over the years. Mm, I agree. It's uh, it's funny to think back to like the halcyon days of Facebook. And I, I remember just if we're really if we're doing if we're walking down memory lane, I remember being an intern at First Press uh, at First Press in Jackson, Mississippi. And some of the other interns were like telling me, you really need to get text messaging. And I was like, when would I ever do that? Like, <laughs> um, if I want to talk to someone, I'll just call them. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> man, like, I remember. Hey, this is where we're headed. And me, because I am so forward thinking um, and I have such an eye for where, you know, the future is taking us. I was like, no, nah, I'll never need texting. <laughs> um, That'll never last. <laughs> yeah. That's, I was I've been. I'm a natural skeptic, as anyone who listens to this podcast will figure out pretty quickly. But uh, I'm a skeptic about everything. I was really skeptical about Netflix streaming. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's no way you can stream movies over there. They, you can't. You won't ever be able to do that. That'll never last. <laughs> um, so all that to say, 
<laughs> just listen to me and I will definitely point you in the right direction. <laughs> so basically yeah. people should listen to you and then just do the opposite, right? Well, yes, yes, exactly. I think that's yeah. called fading me. I don't know. I think that's the, the term. But uh, social but okay, social well, media. Let's, let's talk about social media and let's talk about it through the lens of creation. Let's talk about creation first, about how we are created as social beings. As mm-hmm. uh, We serve a triune God, uh, a God that has relationship within himself. And the only thing that God said in creation as you all know, John, is that wasn't good was that man was alone. And in other words, we are made for a relationship uh, to live uh, the Christian life, uh, to live a life reconciled to God is something that you can't really do by yourself. It's not how God designed you to be. Um, And so we have a natural affinity toward connecting socially with other humans. Uh, And those relationships can take a lot of different um, forms, uh, whether it's uh, student to teacher or teacher to student or parent to child or sibling to sibling or um, coach and player, employee, employer, um, you know, all, all we have all these different relationships that we manage. And uh, those we find uh, we have these not only do we have a desire to have relationship, but we also find that these relationships we get something out of them, but we also give something, we give something to the people we're in a relationship with. And so therefore, like, it's not, we should, no one should be surprised that social media is a thing. We were made to socialize. Um, mm-hmm. We were made to do it. We were, we were made to socialize and social media has changed how we do that. Um, and we'll talk, I guess we'll talk about for good or for ill, mm-hmm. how that's happened. But there's no question that like the, the itch that social media scratches is, uh, a creational itch, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. And I mean, something, uh, you know, typically, I mean, we've discussed movies on this podcast and movies are kind of always on, on my mind, but I think of a movie illustration. Um, most people have seen Castaway uh, and when Tom Hanks is, you know, I guess those who haven't, you know, he crashes in a, a FedEx plane and he's on a an island um, for, I can't remember how long he ends up on the island. I mean, it's it's years, I think. Um, but he makes a friend out of a volleyball and, you know, puts a face on a volleyball and, um, talks to the volleyball, uh, constantly. And I think that's just illustrates the fact that we are created for a community, uh, that we must be in fellowship with other people, um, that isolation can be a good thing and we need moments of solitude. Um, but that, as you said, that, um, desire for community and fellowship is in our DNA because we're created in the image of this triune God and, uh, as we know, you know, as Christians, we are to um, exercise dominion over creation. And, and part of this is seen as in technological advances, uh, that we are to advance as a species. And so this would include uh, new ways to socialize. Um, mm. I mean, again, Kurt, you're in Alabama, I'm in Mississippi, and right now we're getting to have a conversation uh, because of technology. And so we're, you know, socializing together, uh, but, you know, we're not in the same room and we're uh, separated by state lines right now. Uh, but, uh, again, technology allows us to have this conversation and hopefully, 
Um, we, we pray that this conversation is helpful uh, to those who are listening, and those who are listening could be all over the United States as well as all over the, the globe, and um, it's all because of technology. So, yeah, it's, it's, we can affirm uh, the good of creation and uh, can affirm kind of bringing this back into the realm of social media uh, that there are so many uh, relational goods that can occur uh, through social media that we can celebrate and uh, partake of as Christians. Yeah, I was just actually I was one thing that I was thinking about as you were saying that was just how if your name was Wilson, you really did not enjoy uh, the movie Castaway <laughs> <laughs> because everyone I'm sure everyone if you were in high school and that came out, everyone was screaming Wilson at you mm-hmm. or giving you volleyballs or I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> um, but uh, let's talk. One thing that you mentioned and you didn't mention it directly, but I think it's something that you alluded to is that. You know, I think lots of times when we think about technology, we think about um, we think about digital technology. Like we think about um, the, some of the things that we've been discussing, like Skype or um, computers. Uh, but technology is really anything that we use to fulfill the creation mandate, which we received, which um, we received um, that our first parents received. You know, that we were to be fruitful and multiply. Uh, to subdue the earth and have dominion over it, um, to do the things that God was doing. You know, God in creation, he fills the emptiness and he orders the chaos. And basically, as we're as his representatives, we're called to do the exact same thing, to bring order to chaos and to fill the emptiness. And uh, when it comes to the world and technology is anything that helps us do that. And it's in, it's um, everything from, uh, you know, like the alphabet, that's something as simple as the alphabet. Uh, that's technology. It's something that we developed to help us socialize and communicate, um, and to uh, and to fill the earth and subdue it. So, uh, we, and we probably want to go ahead and say this, put all our cards on the table. But there's no such thing as um, you know inherently. I guess we should say no. There's no such thing as inherently bad technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what we do with technology that's bad. Yes. Um, we you know anything anything that. Um, in fact, anything can can become an idol. Any mm-hmm. any created thing can become an idol, and it's typically the best things that become idols. People don't really worship garbage uh, outside of Oscar the Grouch. They're not too many people. <laughs> that was good. That's what you did there. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. You know, he lives in a garbage can. That's true. <laughs> don't have six year old and under children. Um, <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, it's just, I mean, Tim Keller, I think, you know, points out just uh, how we, we worship our children. And typically, you know, idols, you know, are, are good things uh, that become ultimate things. That, like you said, rarely is it just something horrible and nasty that we worship. Um, it's it's good things. And I think he says, you know, Keller says, the better the good, the more likely it is that we're going to worship it. Because, um, you know, we are mankind humanity we are sinful we are fallen and so when anything gets in our hands that's when it becomes an evil thing but like you said technology in and of itself is not evil you know mankind is um and so yeah that's definitely just kind of a right knowledge and understanding um of our technology i mean it's just as paul said you know it's the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil um many people misquote that and say money is the root of all evil but money is not evil you know, we are. Um, and so, yeah, I think that proper understanding of, you know, total depravity and the sinfulness of our hearts uh, needs to be kept to the forefront in this discussion for sure, As we, especially as we kind of move on to the fall as we talk about technology. 
Yeah. Before we move to Paul, I got a great quote for you um, because I think there are people who just who look at society today and maybe parents are looking at their children and are like, you know, the world is they might say the world's going to hell in a handbasket is one way that people said it back in the day. But, you know, they used to feel like, you know, everything is worse now and they want to get back to the good old days. Um, but I got a great quote from you from a Swiss scientist. He was talking about um, that. Uh, that people are subject to information overload. Um, he said that his name is Conrad Gessner, and he said that um, the modern world has overwhelmed people with data, um, and that this overabundance uh, has been both confusing and harmful to the human mind. And uh, I think there are a lot of people who would say, "Yeah, this technology—it's really hurting us." Um, Conrad Gessner. Uh, Gessner died in 1565 oh, wow. and he was he was talking about the printing press hmm. um, he was arguing that books were going to ruin society because it was too much information for us um, to handle um, most famously Socrates I believe um, encouraged uh, uh, encouraged parents not to let their children learn to read because it would hurt their memory and he was right hmm. he was right before a child can read their ability to memorize things is much greater than when they become sight dependent. Hmm. Um, um, so he was, you know, he was right, but I don't think he was, he was right. And he was wrong, obviously. And I don't think we would, any of us would be like, you know what? I want my child to have a good memory. So we'll just let him be illiterate or we'll let her like not learn how to read. <laughs> but all that to say is that we just need to be careful. We don't want to be the alarmist who are like anything new is bad. Um, because obviously that, that kind of, that kind of take doesn't age well. Mm -hmm. Um, and it doesn't line up with our scriptural, um, with, with our biblical worldview, uh, at the same time, we do want to recognize that almost everything that we have, we can use. We are very creative at, at, um, at taking good things and, and turning them into avenues to sin. So Absolutely. let's talk about the fall. Let's talk about the fall. Let's talk about how our community – before we get into like social media, like Twitter posts or whatever, just like – John, why don't you talk a little bit about like how our communication is affected by the fall? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we would say, obviously, you, you look at Genesis 1 and 2, and uh, the first uh, knowledge we have of God, we know that God has always been in existence. There was never a point where he did not exist. Um, but as we see him first in Genesis 1 and 2, he is a speaking God. And, you know, his, mm -hmm. his first instructions, to, you know, to Adam and Eve, I mean, is verbal communication. I mean, he's speaking, and obviously he spoke everything into existence. Um, and so he's a speaking God. Um, and we need to see just as sin came into the world, um, the, the, the ways in which sin is going to affect our verbal communication. And we need to see that the way in which God intended us to communicate what was face-to-face -face, uh, communication, you know, looking each other in the eyes and um, communicating uh, with each other is the absolute best way to communicate. I mean, you can look at uh, the nonverbals people are sending. You can hear intonation and voice. So all of that to say it's less of a chance that you will misunderstand somebody uh, when you're doing that face-to-face -face communication. And so the further we get away from that, um, the more opportunity, I guess we could say, that, that sin has to distort and destroy and tarnish, you know, communication. And so, I mean, just taking text message, for for example, um, I mean, texting, we all know, I mean, we've misunderstood people uh, as they send a text. You know, we, we, read mm. it, we read it and we interpret it one way and then we might get upset and we might go back and forth in a text and then eventually 
we, we see them, we see them and then we realize, oh, wow, we completely miscommunicated, completely misunderstood what you were trying to say. Um, so we just, we have to be aware as Christians that, um, and, and really, I mean, this is, you know, some, some advice for confrontation. I mean, confront, mm. confrontation should never take place over text message or email. Um, you know, yeah. I, I understand there might be some areas where it's, okay, this needs to be initiated this way, but we need to come together face-to-face. Or if you're, you know, again, separated by state lines, uh, have a phone call where you can, you know, again, hear intonation. But we just, as Christians, need to see how the fall is going to disrupt this communication. Um, and while technology can allow us to communicate uh, better and uh, in some ways, um, it's also going to, to hinder that. And so, you know, text messaging is one of those examples. But then as you carry that into social media, um, we're, we're going to misunderstand people. And, you know, I mean, let's just say Twitter. Um, that's um, maybe, and I guess Facebook is where arguments are going to occur. You know, you share an article about something and somebody chimes in with this statement and then somebody else chimes in. And um, it's just rarely are arguments resolved <laughs> over Facebook and, and Twitter. <laughs> um, so uh, we just need to be aware of, of, of that aspect of our communication. Yeah, I read something recently where a guy, where I can't, I can't, I'd love to attribute uh, this to whoever I read it from, but I, I just I really can't remember because I've read a lot about this subject recently. But I do know that um, that uh, this uh, this person was reminding people that when you send a, a um, like a, a written message, whether it's a letter or it's a uh, a text message or whatever, um, that you imagine them reading it and hearing your voice, but they read it in their voice. Hmm. Um, with their own and, and that changes, you know, like John could write something down, uh, you know, he could write something down and send it to me. And then when I read it, it's going to sound like I'm going to read it like Kurt, that's how it's going to sound. And, you know, they say that nonverbal communication is a significant percentage of the kind of communication that we do. And we have to realize, um, that God, you know, he made us to communicate face to face and this uh, and social media and these kind of uh, they're they're different kinds of communication. They're mediated communication instead of unmediated communication, and that is going to give rise to a whole host of problems mm-hmm. um, that 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 we did that students and that students parents didn't face um, for various reasons. Um, I, I just can we just talk for a second? I think this is something that's really important for parents to talk with their children about before they let them on social media, if they decide to let them on at all. Um, and that is that saying something like texting something or Snapchat, like typing something in Snapchat or saying something on a video um, and sending it to your friend, like that is the exact same thing as saying it to their face. Um, the Bible has nothing to say about our text communication. It has everything to say about our communication in general. And everything that it says about how we should speak also applies to how we should type um, mm-hmm. and how we should communicate with others. And the Bible has a lot to say about that. It has a lot to say. And I think that is one of the things that happens because um, when I say mediated communication, what I mean there is, is there's something mediated between you and the person you're talking to, whether it's a phone, um, like a, like the, a handset of a phone or, you know, texting or the keyboard or whatever. There's, there's mediated communication is that we can kind of divorce um, our communication 
uh, our media communication from ourselves. And, and so it's just something that we set online and we don't really have to own it. Whereas if you say something to someone's face, you really do have to own it. Hmm. You know, if I were to, if, you know, like right now to let the, what, you know, to let the listeners in, like, I can't see John right now. We're not doing a video communication. I, I can't see him. So all I can do is hear his voice. And so I could say something terrible to him. I'd be like, you know what, John, no one likes you. Um, and everybody thinks that you're a loser and all your friends are, they're just playing cause they feel pity for you. All right. And if I were to say something terrible like that, all right, that's a terrible thing to say. Right. But I don't get to see how that affects John. Right. Because I'm not in his face. Like I'm not right there to see it. And so it doesn't have this carry the same weight. If you were to say something like that to someone else, you have to worry about their reaction. One, you might, I might have to worry that John would just like punch me out like that. Okay. Like that, that could happen. Or I might, you know, like another thing that I have to consider is I'm going to receive all this negative feedback from him. Not like, like, well, you're, you're terrible too. But like, what if he just like breaks down and cries? Like, or he's like, man, that really hurts. You're like, that's something that I, you know, you're revealing my my innermost fears. And like, I'm going to receive all that. And it's not going to feel good. It's not going to feel good for me to receive that. When we divorce that, when we, when we go to media communication, all of a sudden, you can really tell people off and you can, you know, you can just say, people say, I'm just saying this or I'm just telling the truth or I'm just stating facts or whatever it is. And you just say stuff and you don't have any regard for how that is received from, mm-hmm. from someone else. And that is the thing that I think our students struggle with the most is that is the fact that what they say, what they say online um ought to run through the same filter that they would use if they were in front of someone face to face. Yeah, I, th- I think that's a big point that you're making. And just for the record, I was on the verge of tears, Kurt. So, um, <laughs> but, but but you are making a big point because, I mean, another aspect of that, and I, I've actually, I've had students talk to me about this, is that, um, you know, students are uh, more bold online than they are mm. in person. And, and you, you just said that of saying something harsh, but then also, uh, another aspect of that is, is flirting. Um, that you know, I've had oh, yeah. I've had some students say, "Look, this guy or this girl will will you know flirt with me online. We'll talk about you know borderline inappropriate sexual things online, but then I'll see them, you know, at church or at school, and they don't even look at me. And so it's like these mm-hmm. students, you know, again, like you said, um, they cannot see the face of the person that they're talking to. Um, and so there, there's less of a, a risk in a sense. They just don't think about the weight of what they're communicating. And so they'll say certain things, but then when they actually see that person in real life, you, you know, some of the weight of that does come, I think, uh, to, you know, come to the forefront of their mind and they realize, okay, wow, this is a little awkward. This is uncomfortable because of what I said online. Um, but yeah, that, that cannot be overstated is just how this affects our communication. And, uh, you know, there's, so much more we can say about that. I mean, Kurt and I, even before we recorded this podcast, said, look, should we make this, you know, you know a two-week um, discussion because there, there's so much we could talk about social media. And so kind of uh, trying to get some more in, Kurt, before we wrap this one up, since we're talking about communication, I'd say we don't talk about, you know, the, the sexual sins that are present on social media because we had an entire episode on pornography, um, but just kind of the, sure. the passing comment that every form of social media is saturated with porn. Um, that, you know, sex messaging um, is a common uh, practice that it's just expected among middle schoolers. I mean, research is showing that, you know, guys to, you know, initiate interest in a girl 
they'll request a a nude photograph. Um, and that's kind of how you begin saying, hey, I'm interested in you, <laughs> which is insane. But that's how the, the kind of relationship begins, um, not of you know, starting to spend time together or passing a note in class. It's you no know, requesting. <laughs> it's requesting a nude photograph, and um, that's just kind of to say, "Hey, I'm interested." Um, that's insane, um, and so all of that is there. Um, let's maybe Kurt talk a little bit about depression and anxiety. Um, I think you know, kind of the, mm. the the article that came out in the Atlantic that just kind of you know had a ripple effect uh, was I think entitled "Have Smartphones Destroyed a Generation" uh, by Jean Twangy, I believe is how you mm-hmm. pronounce her name. Some people say Twinge, but I think it's Twangy. Um, and you know, so much research that she has shown, um, you, you know, that this generation, and she's referring to it as the iGen generation, those born between Mm -hmm. 1995 to 2012, those who have always grown up with a smartphone in their hands and, you know, have been around social media, um, that, you know, they're four times, I mean, their levels of depression and anxiety are four times as high as any previous generation in United States history, uh, that I think it's around... 50% 50% of teenage girls are struggling with depression and anxiety and how the correlation between that depression and anxiety to social media is is very clear. And, you know, she says mm-hmm. in that article, I believe, she says, you know, we are on the brink of the largest mental health crisis in decades. Um, and, you know, some people, I think, want to kind of push that to the side and think, oh, we're just kind of overreacting to this and it's not that big of a deal. But, it absolutely is um, that it's big a of a huge deal. deal. Yeah, and, and it is. I mean, to me, the research is so clear um, that so many parents just need to wake up to this reality. And uh, well, I mean, I tell my students all the time, you know, and they will art, they will fight you on this, but I say, you know, Instagram depresses you. It's been scientifically proven that that people who spend a lot of time on Instagram, they are more depressed than people who spend less time on Instagram. Um, and it's not, that's, I said, that's not your youth minister's opinion. You know, like I, you know, I'm, I I don't even know about these things. This is something that, that they've studied and they show that this hurts you. Mm -hmm. Um, even though you think that it helps you, it hurts you. And I mean, the parallels between drug use and all other kinds of sins, um, are, you know, sitting right out there in the open for us to see. But, but, uh, you know, the, the idea that you could mess up one time and because everyone's filming everything, like you could become a meme and that's like the end of your life. Like the, the thing that you'll always be known for is that you fell down the stairs. Um, imagine the kind of pressure that, that puts on people. The fact that, you know, think about this, John, I don't know what you were like in high school because we didn't meet each other until we were in college. But, you know, I, there was definitely a social hierarchy in my high school. I went to a pretty big high school. I graduated with 400 and something people. I don't, I don't exactly remember how many, but um, it might have been 500. I, I don't remember. But it was a pretty big high school. And, uh, but there was definitely, even in a school that large um, or even in a small school, there's a social hierarchy. You know, there's like, you know, like who is cool, who is the good athlete, who is the, you know, and. You know, everyone laughs at the pretty girl's jokes, even though they're not really funny. They laugh at them because she's pretty, you know, and everyone thinks that, 
you know, the good athlete is cool, not because he has good taste or because, you know, he likes good music, but just because he can throw a ball well. It doesn't make sense, but that's how life is. So, um, <laughs> there's no, there's no, no bitterness there, is there? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying like that, that's, you know, there's plenty of bitterness to go around, but like that, like that's, there's, there's definitely a social hierarchy and there was a social hierarchy when I was in high school and I'm Absolutely. sure there was one where you were in high school, Absolutely. right? Yep. But it wasn't quantifiable, John. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quantifiable. And that is the thing that I don't think parents really realize about like one of the effects of social media is like you're scrolling through this Instagram feed and you are seeing like this girl who I go to school with got 300 likes on this picture of, you know, her dog and I spent all this time crafting this picture um, to try to look my best, and I got 72 likes. So I know that I am worth, you know, you do the math on that. Actually, those two things divide out evenly. So um, the, uh, if I, let me just think for a second. Uh, That's 24. Yeah, I'm 24% as cool and important as she is. Mm. Um, And it's right there. Like, it, it's right there. Like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a number yeah. attached to your, and like you knew you weren't cool when, you know, if I, look, I'm 38. So, you know, I graduated high school in 1998, um, previous millennia. I graduated high school, but like you knew you weren't cool in, in my generation. You definitely knew if you weren't cool. Um, but there was not a number assigned to it. There was not a score. Um, and that, that is like, I just imagine the kind of pressure and like the weight that that puts on our students now. Mm. Um, it's something that I don't think a lot of our parents can truly understand. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kurt, and I think, uh, you know, as we're approaching kind of the 30 minute mark and we want to try to keep it under that, how about we pick up this conversation on Thursday with this exact point, because this is a huge point that you're making. Um, And so we'll pick up with with some of the ramifications of that and then let that lead into some of the the boundaries, the ways in which we can, you know, redeem social media. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds good, man. Sorry that we went over. Um, We're not over yet. uh, Yeah. Um, (laughs) We're not over yet? No, but we've got 20 seconds. Oh, sweet. Well, John, in the last 20 seconds, let's talk about how Deshaun Watson is not doing very well for your fancy team right now. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I picked All up right. uh, Philip Rivers. <laughs> oh, good call. Good call. Okay. All well, right. John, will you take us home? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look, this was a good discussion, Kurt. I hope it's helpful for you parents out there. And like I said, we'll uh, continue this on Thursday. So we hope you'll tune in.